0: that uh, truth of that song, page 53 and wow, um, let me just read the words when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain, I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Think about it. a lot of our problems would be solved if we would just look to, to the cross and uh, and see the sacrifice that Jesus, paid for us and it would solve a lot of issues just to surrender uh, all to him. Poor contempt on all my pride. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, if you are able and uh, would uh, like to stand with us as we read just a portion of God's word, we're going to, Lord willing, uh, seek to finish up this chapter where uh, chapter 1 is, as is, is we're talking about maintaining joy uh, despite the circumstances and how can, you, how can you be joyful when all the world caves in around you, uh, when things just aren't going the way that you would like them to go? And uh, every one of us have been through, that's just a part of, of life. Uh, life brings to us uh, difficulties, uh, tragedies, heartbreaks, heartaches. Uh, we, we struggle, we have circumstances out of our control, things that... Um, that come our way, that uh, we, we didn't bargain for, we didn't, uh, we didn't ask for, yet it comes our way. And how do we, how do we maintain joy uh, despite that? And uh, that's the principle uh, set forth here in Philippians chapter 1, is uh, joy despite the circumstances. And you're either going to be under the circumstances or above the circumstances. And uh, you're either going to walk with the Lord through those circumstances or those circumstances will drive a wedge between you and the Lord. And it's very important to allow the difficulties of life to draw you to the Lord and not move you away from the Lord. And uh, Paul gives us some secrets that we're going to look at here tonight. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, we're going to start here verse 27. Uh, We read, "...only let your conversation be as it become of the gospel of Christ." That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, uh, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake." having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. And uh, here Paul is, is dealing with the battle. The Christian life is going to be a life of battle. It's a war uh, when you get saved. Uh, God never promised uh, that it would be perfection, that there would be no thorns. Uh, uh, you'll find the roses have thorns, and uh, there are going to be battles that you're going to face And so how do you maintain joy in the midst of the battle? And I'm going to give you some secrets here tonight that Paul shares with the church at Philippi. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father, we thank you tonight. You are so good. Thank you that uh, you gave it all. And uh, Lord, just uh, we've been reminded of that tonight in song. And uh, Lord, how great you are. And and, uh, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, and And Lord, uh, just to think about the price that you paid and uh, all that you did uh, to purchase our gift, our salvation that we could never earn, we could never deserve, but God, your free gift. Uh, Help us tonight as we open the Word of God. And Lord, maybe somebody here tonight going through some things that uh, perhaps just you and they know of. And uh, yet tonight you brought uh, them here just to hear Uh, your word. And would you tonight speak to our hearts, meet us at the point of need. I I need you tonight and we need you. And uh, help us tonight uh, to put into application your word, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated here uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, we've uh, emphasized uh, the fact here, the book of uh, Philippians, it's one of the most joyful books of the Bible. It's a book of joy. Uh, we have brought out that uh, at least 19 times in this book, the word rejoice or joy or gladness is mentioned in this book, and, and uh, yet when we think about the background as to Paul writing this book, he is under house arrest, and he's chained to a Roman soldier, would have been the elite guard of um, of the caesar and he's chained to that soldier and yet as paul is writing uh, his freedom has been taken but his joy is not and uh, you can take a man's freedom but you can't take a man's joy because you can't take jesus from a man if you know christ as lord and savior uh, you'll find that the lord is with you through thick and thin and paul discovered that the presence of the lord jesus christ now here paul is writing a book about joy He's in a house arrest in in prison and writes this joy, and he's putting into practice what he's preaching. And uh, sometimes it's easy to say some things, but not so easy to do it. Sometimes we know what advice to give to others, but to follow our own advice. You ever have trouble with that? Uh, I can sure give advice to people, but following my own advice sometimes is pretty difficult. And uh, here, Paul, he's not only giving the advice, but he's following the advice, and he's putting that into practice, and and that has become evident here in, in chapter Uh, Number one of Philippians, in chapter one, verses three and four, uh, Paul writes to this church at Philippi, a very special church to him. And he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And so while he's in prison, not feeling sorry for himself, he's thinking of others. He's praying for this church, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. And so here's Paul in prison, praying for this church, but doing so with great joy. And as we have covered chapter 1, Paul deals with some of his circumstances. And uh, one of the great robbers of joy, maybe you struggle with this, I I do, Uh, one of the great robbers of joy, circumstances. When circumstances are contrary, uh, things aren't exactly what you want, difficulties you face in life and difficulties are a part of life. Uh, You know, the sun shines upon the saved and the lost and the uh, trial comes to the saved and the lost and uh, it's going to come our way, just a part of being a human being. But then in addition to that, uh, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior will bring its own set of circumstances your direction. And that's the case with Paul. And if we're not careful, we allow the difficult circumstances to rob the joy. And so we've covered some of the things that Paul went through And yet, he did not allow those difficulties to take the joy from him. So we we saw that Paul, under house arrest, I don't know about you, but if I'm under arrest for something that I did not do, and my freedom has been taken away, I'm probably not going to be a happy camper. Uh, But here's Paul, under house arrest, still filled with joy, and rather than being defeated, uh, Paul recognized it opened a door to the gospel. And so Paul, under house arrest, has the ability to witness. Can you imagine being chained to Paul? Boy, I, I, that would, if you're a lost man and you're chained to Paul, you're in trouble. I, I guarantee you Paul's going to tell you about Jesus. And uh, so that's what Paul did. Under house arrest, chained to a soldier, opened a door into the Caesar's household. And in chapter 4, Paul writes that uh, there were those of Caesar's household that had been saved, and so Paul recognized that the circumstances out of his control had worked to the furtherance of the gospel. And isn't that good how the Lord does that? And next time you have a, a negative thing come your way, look for an opportunity uh, to witness that maybe otherwise you would not have had or obtained had it not been for that, uh, that uh, uh, door that God gave you. Uh, then we, we saw Paul's circumstance. Uh, Paul was facing accusations. Uh, he, uh, uh, there were those that were envious and jealous of Paul's ministry. And Paul had been greatly used of the Lord. Multitudes of people have been saved. Churches have been planted. And there were those that uh, now saw this arrest of Paul as an opportunity for them uh, really to kind of gloat in themselves. And, and you would think uh, here uh, facing enemies that uh, that would be something that would take your joy, but not for Paul. What Paul realized is he would not give to them what they gave to him. Uh, when they hated him, he would love them. When they were jealous of him, he would be grateful if God used them. And so that was Paul's attitude. And he realized that his imprisonment gave encouragement, encouraged to others to preach the gospel and to boldly preach. And so he saw that and turned the negative again into a positive. Now, the third thing that we looked at, uh, Paul's circumstances, because he's in prison and he's given an account for his Christianity to the Caesar, Uh, Paul does not know whether he's going to live or die. Uh, So he's facing each day uncertain of his future. You ever been uncertain of your future? Uncertain as to whether uh, maybe you're going to keep your job or lose your job or uh, uncertain as to maybe some relationship or some situation and uncertainty. And that's difficult sometimes uh, to face. And so Paul doesn't know if he's going to live or going to die. And so here's how Paul faced it in kind of the key verse of Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, uh, where Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what Paul says, if I, if I live, that's good because I'm going to live for Jesus. But he says, if I die, that's gain because I'm going to go to be with Jesus. And kind of what Paul is saying, to live is Christ, but to die is even more of Christ. Okay, Because I'm going to be ushered into the presence of Jesus Christ. And so Paul's circumstances, Paul realized the worst thing that can happen to me is that I would lose my life. My head's going to be chopped off at the end of this thing. That's the worst thing that can happen to me. But the worst thing that can happen to me is actually the best thing that could ever happen to me. And so that was the attitude of Paul, and that would not still his joy. And that's kind of the basis of this passage of Scripture. Uh, Paul saw that good came out of the bad, and that God was in control, and so he could rejoice no matter what happened. And maybe you are facing some bad circumstances, and if you will look, God works all things together for good, to those that love the Lord, to those that walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what we're going to do here tonight is kind of wrap up this chapter. And here at the end of the chapter, uh, Paul gives some advice for those that are facing bad circumstances. And this advice, if you will put into application, will keep you from allowing the bad circumstances to defeat you. And so there are three pieces of advice, three, we might say, challenges or admonitions that Paul gives uh, to the church at Philippi. And this advice, these admonitions, these these counsel, uh, these aspects of counsel uh, will cause you to be able to maintain joy even in difficult circumstances. Now, let's look here, verse 27. You're going to see the first of these. And I want to just speak of this as a conversation that is pure. And he says in verse 27, uh, facing difficulties only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Now that word conversation means your manner of life. And and we talk about a conversation where we're talking about our talk. But uh, this word here in the Bible literally means it's not your talk, it's your walk. Okay, it's your manner of life. It's the way you Uh, the way you live. It's uh, how you behave. It's what you do. And here's what Paul is aware. He's aware that the Christian life is a battlefield. Okay, have you discovered that? It's a war. And uh, this battlefield, when you get saved, you enter into that war. And as we go through this chapter and we go on into the book of Philippians, Paul is aware that the Philippian Christians are facing trials. They started with trials. It goes all the way back to Acts chapter 16. And it was in Philippi where Paul was arrested uh, when the slave girl was saved and the demons were cast out of her and her life was changed. And uh, that church uh, started in the midst of trials and those trials continued. And every church and every Christian and every saved person has an enemy. And as a church, Valley Bible Baptist, we have an enemy that uh, wants to rob us of our joy. We have an enemy that wants to rob us of our peace. An enemy that wants to rob us of our doctrine, of our purpose. And, and so Paul's given some warning here about this. And Paul is encouraging uh, the Philippian church and the Christians there uh, to despite that battle to remain consistent, to stay, uh, in, uh, stay consistent in the way you live. And, and here's a wonderful secret, okay, if you can grasp this. When the battle gets tough, Just keep doing right. Okay, a lot of times when things get difficult, we get discouraged. And what's the use? And we throw up the hands and give in the towel. Uh, But what Paul is saying is when the battle gets tough, uh, make sure that your conversation be as it become of the gospel of Christ. Uh, You are to continue uh, living as to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, to understand something, if you're saved, you belong to Jesus. If you're saved, you don't belong to you. If you're saved, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved, your body is not your body. Uh, Your life is not your life. Your mouth is not your mouth. Uh, Your mind is not your mind. It it all belongs to the Lord. He purchased it with His blood. And so the Lord says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are the Lord's. He purchased you with His blood. And that's kind of the, the thought here. Of let your conversation, your manner of life, be as it becometh the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, our life is to reflect Jesus Christ. I heard just on on our way home, we were listening to to a little drama on on a DVD type type or CD set, and it was really a neat story and. Uh, There was the story of a renowned school in England and the school developed a reputation for godliness and uh, its students were known for their character. And uh, the leadership of the school constantly challenged the students to represent their school well. And uh, one day uh, two students made their way to a gambling track that had just come into town and these uh, two students began to drink and gambled money away and uh, it cost the, the school its reputation. And there were some consequences that came out of that, and it's really kind of maybe a a principle here that the Lord is expressing. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, let your conversation, your citizenship is in heaven, and uh, let your life represent that citizenship. In other words, you don't belong to this world. You belong to Jesus. You belong to heaven, And so your manner of life is to represent and to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is expressing that to the church at Philippi. Even though they're going through hard times, live your lives so as to honor the gospel. Now, when you face difficult circumstances, just keep doing right. Keep honoring Jesus. Keep doing the things that you know you ought to be doing. When you're going through difficulties, stay faithful in the church. Uh, stay in the bible continue your time in prayer maintain a right relationship with the lord just keep doing right how many people have become discouraged during difficulties let down their guard and blow the testimony and most importantly give a poor reputation for the name of the lord jesus christ you ever talk to somebody about being saved and and they are relating, they, they refuse to, to be saved because and they use the excuse, uh, maybe some Christian who was a hypocrite, you ever hear that? And, and uh, they give an excuse of maybe some individual that did not walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, didn't represent uh, the Lord very well. Now, whether you understand it or not, people are watching you. And you're the only Bible that some people ever read. You're representing Jesus before a lost world and what they see of you is what they will think of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what they see of your life during the difficulties is going to be a key. Now look forward. I think this is well expressed. Look forward in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Philippians 3 verse number 20. Here Paul says, our conversation is in heaven. In other words, our manner of life, our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we represent the Lord, our conversation in heaven. Go, go forward to Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 10, Colossians 1 verse 10. And here Paul to the church in Colossae says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walk worthy of the Lord, he's expressing. Now, I understand something. That's not how we get saved, okay? Salvation is free. Salvation is by God's grace. We're saved by grace. We're kept by grace. And so our salvation is not by how we live. Our salvation is receiving the free gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, when we're saved, uh, we didn't earn it. We did not deserve it. And we don't keep it because we earned it or deserved it. And so we're not talking about salvation here tonight, but what we're talking about because we are saved. If you have been born again, because we are saved, let your conversation represent that salvation. Uh, Let there be the representation of Jesus Christ. Many Christians are miserable because they get their eyes off of Christ. They quit representing him positively and uh, even sometimes looking for joy. They're going through trials and And so instead of walking with God in the midst of their trials, they begin to get sidetracked and look for joy in the world. And the world can never bring joy to a child of God. And so when you go to the world to find joy, you're not going to find joy. It's going to rob you of that joy. And a lot of Christians have been robbed of joy because during a difficulty they went to the world to find joy had they just done right and continued to do right the joy of God of the Lord would have taken them through this. Now listen, there's no joy outside of God's will. You will never find joy outside the will of God. Okay, never will. And so let your conversation be pure, a conversation that is pure. Now go back to Philippians chapter 1, and uh, there's a second principle that Paul sets forth. And uh, this is something we're going to build upon in the future. We're going to call this a cooperation in purpose, a conversation that's pure, but a cooperation in purpose. He says in verse 27, only let your conversation be as it become of the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, and I want you to notice this, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel cooperation in purpose. Notice this admonition, striving together. What Paul is presenting is the concept of a team. Okay, And here's how the old devil will work. He'll take you through discouraging times or some difficulties or some battles. And if you're not careful, you'll lose that concept of the team. And uh, you need the team during the difficulties that you face. Uh, We're not a bunch of individuals. As a local church, we're a team. We're a unit together. That's important. And the principle, really, that Paul sets forth, do you understand that any one of us can accomplish more together in a body, in a church, than we can as individuals? Okay, my body, my hand can't accomplish a whole lot without the rest of my body. My hand needs my body. Uh, My hand can't exactly feed my mouth if there's not a mouth to feed. And my hand needs my eyes. My hand can't see the food if my eye doesn't direct it. And uh, my hand needs the mouth to put the food into. And every part of the body becomes important. And every part of the body accomplishes more with the body than it does apart from the body. And, And yet the old devil will work to bring division and to take us away from the local body that God has given to us. And it becomes so crucial that we strive together for the faith of the gospel. Now, I want you to see something, and and we're going to build upon this. Go to Philippians 4, verse number 2. Because evidently, in the church at Philippi, there was a bit of division. And in Philippians 4, verse number 2, Paul says, I beseech Euodias and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And so Paul's writing to two women there in the church, and he's challenging them that they be of the same mind. Now go back to Philippians chapter 2 for just a moment, and and I want you to look at the first part of Philippians chapter 2. And a lot of Philippians deals with this striving together, this team concept. And in Philippians 2 verse number 1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill you my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same law, being of one accord, of one mind, a team together, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." Now, what we're going to to deal with, I said we're going to do a series within the series because I'm going to, as we head into Philippians chapter uh, 2, I'm finding this generation struggles with relationships. I think as no previous generation, this generation struggles with relationships. This generation uh, struggles with home, with relationships. That's why the traditional family is being torn apart today. Uh, Satan is attacking the home. Satan is attacking the church today. Satan is attacking relationships today. Uh, I think this generation has no relationship skills, and uh, we don't know how to deal with problems. We don't know how to deal with difficulties, and so I'm going to look. The Word of God gives us all the answers, and we're going to build a series within a series And we're going to deal with relationships. And we're going to deal with how do you put relationships together? How do you keep relationships? How do you build a home that will glorify the Lord? How can we as a church be a team together heading the same direction, striving together to accomplish the work of God? How can Valley Bible Baptist Church as a team uh, impact this community in such a, a powerful way? None of us can do it as individuals. But together as a team, we can do it. A family that works together can accomplish far more than individuals within a family, a church working together. And so we're going to look at this concept dealing with these biblical principles that will help us in relationships. Now the enemy will do everything he can to use difficulties to divide us. And then he conquers. That's what's happening to our nation. Uh, Satan is working to divide this nation. And he's working in that division to destroy this nation. You know, there are groups of people that would love nothing more than to create a civil war right now within this nation. uh, To bring a nation at war within itself. And uh, I, I think this generation is being prepared because we don't understand biblical principles that will help us and guide us through uh, it's a concept uh, that really what's happening is, is a communistic, uh, socialistic effort to take over. And if you look at those principles, there are some things that we, as God's children, need to get under our belt in preparation for the future. Now, Paul challenges uh, this church that they are to strive, that, that means they're to work at this. You've got to work at unity. You know, if you're going to have a good home, it's not going to happen by accident. You've got to work at it. If you're going to have a good church, it's not going to happen by accident. You've got to work at it. Uh, you're going to have to work at relationships. You're going to have to invest the effort, the principles of God's word, uh, to build the relationships that God wants. Now, you notice that the purpose for which we strive, look in Philippians 1 here. Again, verse number 27. Uh, he says, Stri- striving together for the faith of the gospel. what does he mean? The faith of the gospel. That's what we believe. That's our doctrine. See, the word of God is our rule book, and Satan knows the importance of sound doctrine. And I don't have the time to get into this tonight, but in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul gives a warning that in the last days, uh, many will depart from the faith. Uh, Sound doctrine. And he tells us in in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the importance of, uh, of holding true the doctrine for the time will come well, they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will uh, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And uh, you can find anything that you want to believe today. You can find somebody who's going to teach that. Uh, but uh, what we need as a church is to maintain the doctrine that is based upon the word of God. And all of our beliefs need to be anchored in the word of God. And uh, again, I'm going to tell you this. If, if I preach something and it's contrary to the word of God, you throw away what I preach and teach and go back to the Bible, because this is your authority. This This is the word of God. And the word of God is our anchor, our foundation. We're to strive together as a church for the faith of the gospel, for this doctrine. It's so crucial, and especially as we see the day of Christ approaching. We're going to soon stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, and I sure want to honor him. I really want to honor him. Now, when we get into chapter 2, chapter 1 is dealing with circumstances. And one of the great robbers of joy... Or circumstances. Okay, if you live under the circumstances, you're going to be miserable. But if you learn like Paul to live above the circumstances, you can have joy even in the difficulties of life. Now when we get to chapter 2, another robber of joy, people, relationships. How many times does a broken relationship rob joy? And so we're going to have to learn how do we put relationships together and build relationships? How can we maintain joy through relationships? And chapter 2 is going to deal with that. And so we're looking at here the the importance of, of together striving for the gospel. Now let's go to verse 28 and let's give you this third principle that Paul sets forth. And this is important. This kind of brings it all together. It's a confidence In persecution. Look at verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Do you notice that? Don't be afraid. Nothing terrified by your adversaries. Do you know when you when you get saved, you have enemies? Um, Sometimes those enemies will be in your own family, your own home. Uh, Sometimes they're going to be Uh, co-workers or they're going to be your jobs or they're going to be uh, extended family or they're going to be uh, other relationships and so you're going to face some persecution but you can be confident don't be afraid don't avoid the battle see getting saved getting right with god uh, doesn't end the battle in fact paul said yea all that live godly in christ jesus shall suffer persecution uh, persecution of battle it's it's evident uh, that you're walking with God you know when you walk with God uh, there there's light and dark they can't walk together they, they don't they don't walk together you you walk with God uh, you're going to expose the dark okay and when you face persecution if you're doing right and living right it's going to be evidence uh, of a walk with God um, heard the testimony of a young man, and we are so blessed here in the United States, but a young man from a Muslim country that, that got saved. And uh, when he gave testimony of his salvation, his family tried to kill him. And so his persecution that he faced was evidence of a changed life. And so they disowned him. Uh, he was kicked out of the house. And, and that was the testimony of a life that walks with the Lord. Now, I want you to notice what, what Paul says. Look in verse 28. He says, and in nothing, terrified by your adversaries, which to them is an evident token of perdition. In other words, uh, the persecution that you received, it's the testimony of light and darkness. And, but to you, of salvation, it's a testimony of the light that you have. But notice what Paul said in verse number 29. And, and this, if we can grasp this. For unto you it is given in the half of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. What Paul is saying is it's a privilege to suffer for Christ. Isn't that hard to believe? It's a privilege to suffer for Christ. Now, Let me me give this from the perspective of Christ. Keep your place in Philippians. Go back to Matthew chapter number 5. In Matthew chapter number 5, it's exactly in the Beatitudes what Jesus said to his disciples. In Matthew chapter 5, notice here in verse number 10, Matthew 5 and verse number 10. Uh, the Lord said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now go back to Philippians chapter chapter number 1. That's what Paul is expressing. He he says in verse 29 again, Unto you it is given on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. And then Paul gives his own testimony, having the same conflict, which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. In other words, what Paul is expressing, for Christ's sake, you had the privilege of suffering, but understand, uh, I've gone through that myself. And I've suffered for Christ, and uh, he did not allow that suffering to steal his joy or to rob the, the presence of Jesus from him. As we have mentioned many times, Paul was under house arrest for the cause of the gospel, but it did not still his joy. Now, you ever go through something and you ever think you're alone? Boy, it's the old devil, he, he's good at You're the only one, he tells you. You're, you're, God must not love you. Look at what you're going through. You're the only one that's having to face this. Do you realize there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man? But God is faithful, will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with temptation to also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. What Paul says to this church at Philippi, you're going to go through some suffering, and it's a privilege to do that, but I've been through it before you. I know what it's like. You're not alone. And if we have the right attitude in suffering, do you realize that the Holy Spirit of God will fill you with the joy of the Lord in a way that you have never experienced before? In the midst of your difficulty, when you have the right spirit... And you are able to, the joy of the Lord can be a part of your life. Maybe some of you can give testimony. Uh, perhaps the most difficult time you faced, you found the presence of the Lord more real than in any other time in your life. I can give that my, my, my own testimony. Uh, during uh, times that I thought I couldn't do it on my own, and I couldn't. Uh, times that I, I thought it was uh, impossible I found that some of those times were the times that the Lord most wrapped his arms of love about me. And the joy of the Lord uh, is able to be a part. So you can maintain joy in the midst of the battle. See, I I think Paul, while he's chained to a, a Roman soldier under house arrest, instead of feeling sorry for himself, is praying for this church at Philippi. I thank my God for every remembrance of you. And in all that suffering, he looks over and he sees a jailer, and he's thinking, "Is that guy saved, or is he lost? He's lost. How is he going to hear? Well, I'm chained to him. He can't get away from me. I've got an open door. It's like picking up a hitchhiker and driving down 70 miles an hour. He can't get away from you, okay He's stuck. And here's Paul stuck to this jailer. And it opened a door of witness. And here what was meant to him for evil turns out for good. And during this difficulty, it was this, I think if you could have gone to that prison house where Paul was and looked at Paul's face, it wasn't a sad countenance. I think Paul is filled with the joy of the Lord. I think the very presence of Jesus there in that jail room Uh, had to be so real and paul is just filled with the spirit of god and using that as an opportunity of witness so here's three secrets when you're going through a difficulty a conversation that is pure just keep doing right keep living right keep honoring the lord jesus christ representing heaven you're uh an ambassador of heaven You represent heaven before this world. And then a cooperation in purpose. You can't go it alone. And Paul recognized that. That's why he's reaching out to this church at Philippi. Uh, They're special to him. He's not a lone ranger Christian. He's recognizing, I need fellowship. I need others with me. I'm a part of a team. And then a confidence in persecution. He's confident that in that suffering... It's a joy, it's a privilege to suffer for Jesus Christ. And God is using that for His glory. I think if we can apply those principles, we can maintain joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Let's go to the Lord here tonight.